God bless you guys. Are you guys, I mean, are you excited about Easter just being around the corner? I mean, we get to celebrate what he's done for us. I'm really excited about that. And also just the opportunity to be able to reach out to people. There's people that won't come to church typically out of a normal, normal invitation, but they will come during Easter. And so, man, let's take advantage of this and let's get out there and let's invite. Well, we've been on a series that we are calling Obsessively Give Generously. And the reason why I have titled this, or why we're even on this series, is because what we want to do is we want to help people become fully committed disciples. We want to move people from believing to becoming and so we're doing a series of series, and you'll hear me say this for many, many weeks to come, but we're doing a series of series on, on what it means to become a disciple of Christ. And I believe, with all my heart, if we're going to reflect the life of a disciple, then we've got to, we've got to be a generous people. And uh, generosity is, is just uh, part of the characteristic traits of a disciple, and so we've been talking about that, and I want to continue on today, and today's message called is called A Disciple's Faith, A Disciple's Faith, and so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about a disciple's faith, what that looks like, because uh, we need to understand that that is, that's what we ought to be living out in our life. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. Isn't that right? And so what I want to do is I want to, uh, first of all, take you to the slide. Let's take them to the slide. No, the a disciple's faith. Let's go to that slide. And uh, we're, this is what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 28. And let's look at this. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth is, has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, that's what I'm doing today, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The cool, I've said it before, but the cool thing is, is that we're not in this alone. That God, anytime he asks us to do something, he's there with us, assisting us, empowering us, gracing us, and leading us throughout the process. And it is a step by step. It is a, it is a, a journey. This isn't something that you do once. It's something that you walk out in your life. And so understand this. Uh, you, you, when you came to know Jesus Christ, if you're a believer in this room, you came to know him through your faith. And once you uh, believe in him, you've got to, after that, you become. You start becoming who he wants you to become. And so that's a process. You're not going to get there overnight. Uh, I know that most people get frustrated with themselves. You're your worst critic. You, you, You beat yourself more than anybody else beats you. You beat yourself down more than anybody else beats you. So you don't need me to come and beat you. So this message is not meant to beat you. How do you understand what I'm talking about? You come to this church, we're not a, one of those churches where we're sheep beaters. Okay? We, we, we are sheep leaders. We lead sheep, okay? 
Shepherds lead sheep. And so what we want to do is we just want to lead you into, into the life that God has for you. So no condemnation here. We understand that there are people at a variety of different places in their life. But what we want you to understand is the importance of, of, of being generous and being obsessive in being generous. And that word obsessive means to be focused. There's too many people who are not focused on being generous, therefore they're not generous. That word obsessive also means to be a fanatic about it. That we're just, we just love doing this. This is how we live, amen? And, 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 and it, will radical, it will radically change your life if you live out this life. We've talked about a number of different things throughout this series. If you happen to miss it and you've not been with us, we started out this series talking about a disciple's perspective. That we need to have the right perspective of generosity. The reason why some people push back on generosity and others embrace it, some people, uh, they practice it and others don't, is because they don't have the right perspective. They have a different perspective, if you will. So we, we started out talking about a disciple's perspective. We need to have a right perspective. And then we talked in, on the second uh, message about a disciple's participation, that we need to practice this. We need to walk this out, live this out. And, 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 and nothing happens until we start putting it into practice. Practice makes permanent. Thank you. Practice makes permanent. The more that you practice it, the more permanent it becomes in your life. And then we talked last week about, or actually it's this week, we're talking about disciples' faith. So that's where we're at. But let me give you this statement. It's this, faith in generosity knows that there is a mutual exchange that happens. Everyone wins. There's no losers in generosity. If we, will, if we will practice generosity by faith, everybody wins. God's not trying to take something from you. Honestly, he's trying to get something to you. And, uh, and so we're going to discover that. And honest, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a, a, a story that I've used in the past, but I, I felt like it's just perfect for today, talking about a disciple's faith. And it's the... the, the, the the story of the rich young ruler that's found in Mark chapter 10. He came to Jesus and he said, what must I do to be to inherit eternal life? Jesus responded and he told him, he says, listen, I, 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 he says, don't steal, don't commit murder, don't uh, bear false witness, do not fraud, defraud. He says, honor your father and your mother. And then, and then the, 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 the rich young ruler was excited at this because he says, I've done all of that since my youth. I've been doing it since I was a young young guy. And so he was he was like, man, he was rocking. He was like, I've got this. And he thought he was he he thought he had it down. And then Jesus had to address some areas in his life. Honestly is the area of generosity. And he says, one thing you lack. He says, you need to go take all that you have, sell it, and give it to the poor. Now, God's not asking us to take all that we have and go sell it and give it to the poor, but he is asking us to give, get, get all in. He is asking us to give it all to him so that if he ever does want to call on it, he can call on it. Okay? Now, I'm going to walk you through this story, and I want you to see that it's a win-win. 
that it wasn't meant for him to lose out on everything that he had. Jesus was trying to take him to a whole nother level. He was trying to take him to another place that he had never experienced before in his life, spiritually, naturally, physically, even relationally. Uh, it is, uh, there's, there's theologians that, that uh, state that uh, he was being considered as a replacement for Judas that went and hung himself, the one that betrayed uh, 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 Jesus. And, uh, and he, he, obviously he did not uh, step up to that place of leadership. He was a rich young ruler. He had the ability to lead people. He was an, he was an influencer. He, 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 uh, he was disciplined in many areas, but in this one area, he lacked. And so what happened? What happened is he missed out. And what happens in many people's lives is they missed out. They miss out because they don't realize that they struggle with being generous. And generosity, although I do want to address this because most people struggle with their finances and being generous there, but lots of people struggle with being generous with themselves. They, they're not giving their lives away. And if they are, they're doing it on, on, uh, in, in, a, in a very conditional way. I'll do it if it's convenient. I'll do it if it's comfortable. I'll do it if it's uh, on my my terms and not your terms. I'll do it, you know, how I want to do it, not how you want to do it. Hello. Again, I'm not here to condemn, but I'm just here to point out the facts. So let me give you some some thoughts here. Uh, a disciple's faith in generosity. Let me give you the first one. Faith in generosity is a love exchange. It's a love exchange. Mark chapter 10, verse 21 through 22, it says this. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He loved him. It was an expression of love what he followed through and said. He said he loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross, follow me. But he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Can I tell you that some people can be sad at this word and be very sorrowful and not have great possessions? That generosity is not just for those that have great possessions, have a lot. But generosity is meant for all across the board, that every one of us need to be generous, that we not need to respond with sadness and, and sorrowfulness, that we need to respond that whatever you say, Lord, you know what's best because your love for me knows what I need. Amen. Now, I want to clear this up, that we don't give so that we earn God's love. That's not it whatsoever. I am saying that there's a love, in, a love exchange because God loves us. He tells us that we need to be generous. That's what, what I'm saying. He loves us so much that he's willing to tell us, listen, you cannot live your life stingy because it's always going to hold you back. It's always going to limit you. It's always going to keep you from my best, my greatest, and my plan in your life. Does that make sense? So we're not trying to earn God's love through our generosity. We can't do that. Our, our, we just can't. He loves us regardless. He loved us when we were sinners. When, we, when we, we, we were opposing him with our whole life, he loves us. 
So that's not the love exchange that, that I'm talking about. But I'm talking about that he loves us, therefore he tells us what we need. And what we need to do is we need to exchange that love, that love that he's showing us, and respond in love back and say, okay, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. Unfortunately, this one guy, he didn't do it. He didn't do that. And so the Bible tells us where your treasure is, there your heart is also. God was looking, Jesus was looking for his heart. He was saying, you need to put your, you need to put your treasure in the right place. Because wherever you put your treasures, your heart's going to follow. You know, you've heard people say, well, I just don't have a heart for it. It's probably because you're not investing in it. Well, if I get a heart for it, well, start investing in it and you'll get a heart for it. Because your treasure, your heart always goes where your treasure is. And so when you invest, that's where, that's where, that's where your heart will follow. If you want a heart for the things of God, you want a heart for what God wants, then you need to invest your treasure in it. Amen? Amen? Uh, I, 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 I think of the most uh, generous act that's ever happened on the face of this earth I think we ought to just be reflecting that in and through our lives. And that was Jesus himself. God so loved the world that he gave his only, his best, his greatest, his only begotten son. Thank God for that act of generosity. And I believe that we should be a place where generosity can change the world. I believe that our church should be that place. That we ought to just, we ought to just be willing to be generous. Why? Not because we have to. That's not it. Please, if you get that, then you're missing the message. You don't give because you feel like you have to. God's looking for your heart. You give because you love God. You give because you love people. That's why you give. Some of you have heard my testimony, and it, it's just as, as strong and as, as, as rich and as, as powerful as ever. And some of you still, you may have heard me say it an umpteen times, but you still need to hear it. God told me one time I was doing ministry for all the wrong reasons, and he says you need to do it not to fulfill a call, not to, uh, to, to release your gifts and your talents. He says you need to do it because you love me and because you love people. Amen. That's the reason. Your motivation needs to be love. It's a love exchange. So don't give out of, out of, out of requirement. Don't do that. The Bible tells us not to give out of necessity or out of compulsion, out of pressure. He says, but when we give, we're to give it out of a cheerful heart. God's looking for our heart. It's a love exchange, if you will, that's taking place between us and God. God, because you love us, you tell us to give. And because I love you, I'm going to give. Amen? Is that good? And, and, and so we're not earning God's love through our giving. Understand, you can't, you can't do enough. You can't say enough. You can't give enough to earn God's love. All of us fall short. There's not any one of our acts. There's no one that can do any better than the other to earn God's love. God just loves you. Just because that's who he is. And because he loves you, he's always going to tell you what's best for you. And generosity is the best thing that we, we could ever do in and through our lives. So, that being said, let me take you to the second thing, and that's this. Faith and generosity is a trust exchange. 
It's a trust exchange. Let's continue on in this, in this, uh, in this message. And, and it says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 23 and 24. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter in the kingdom of God? Now you might think, wow, so if we're wealthy, it's going to be very difficult to enter into the kingdom of God? And because the disciples had this, the same response. A matter of fact, it goes on to saying the disciples were astonished at his words. Why is it? Because the Jews are known to be rich because of God's blessing upon their life. And he's saying, well, if that's the case, who in the world could get, who, who could get saved? Who could enter into the kingdom of God? Because, man, we're all wealthy. And by the way, in America, we're wealthy. And so that could be stated about all of us here. I mean, we have houses for our clothes. We have houses for our cars. <laughs> called garages and, 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 and uh, closets, right? There's, there's, there's places that, man, they don't have anything but the, the clothes on their, on their body. And they definitely don't even have cars, much less a house for the car to be housed in. We're wealthy. And so they were astonished at this saying. They were just like, they were, they were like boggled. Well, then who else, who could get, who could get saved? And then so Jesus corrected it and he said this. And he answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? He said, listen, here's the issue. Bottom line, I love Jesus. He, he goes bottom line. Here's the issue. He has his trust in riches and not in me. And so generosity is really a trust exchange. It's saying, God, I'm going to trust you with my everything. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to trust in riches. I know where all my riches come from. I know where all my wealth comes from. I know that you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? And by the way, God's bank ain't broke. Okay? Now, you might be here. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to say this. You might be here and say, well, I am generous. I tithe. I give of my offerings. I do that. But it seems like I'm always having financial problems. Listen, not only, not only must you be generous, but you also must be a good steward of your finances. That means you need to manage your finances well. You can't just go spend any which way and think that God's going to bless that. God want, he's looking for us to steward our finances well. Zach, I hope that helps somebody. And so we need to, we need to make sure that we're, 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 we work off of a budget. That's not a cuss word. We might, use, we might, might need to do that, make some changes, quit spending when we shouldn't. Eating maybe at home more than we do, eat out, that type of stuff. And so, you know, budget, 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 all right? So most people, I believe with all my heart, most people, uh, as far as generosity, most people have a, 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 difficult, a difficult time being generous. They, in, in their Christian experience, that's one of the most difficult things that, that they fight with in, in their walk with the Lord. 
I, I, believe, I believe that one of the reasons why is because they, they struggle with trusting God fully with everything. But I, I want to say this too. I believe that uh, the reason that generosity is so difficult isn't because people don't want to be generous. I do believe that people want to be generous. But it's because they want to be generous. But their heart's wanting to do the right thing, but their head's reasoning differently. And so there's this struggle, there's this battle. Their heart's saying, yes, I want to be generous, I want to be generous, I want to give. But their head starts reasoning and calculating. And by the way, it's just not adding up. How can I give to God and, and, and my finances still be blessed? How can, how can I put God first in my tithes and it still be blessed? How does that work? How does that calculate? How does that reason? You know, because we all struggle in this. I think we all have stories where we've reasoned ourselves out of being generous. And we've talked ourselves out of it. And so uh, I'm going to ask Vicki Nick to come up. And she's going to, yeah, uh uh-oh. Give her a big hand, would you? And uh, I can't see you. It's probably good. It's probably good. That's why I have those lights on so I don't see their faces because I don't want to be distracted. No. Now, Vicki, she's going to share a story of, of, you know, something that transpired in, uh, gosh, it's been a, a long time it's ago. Been six years now. Has it? Oh, mm-hmm. has it been? Six I years. thought it was longer than that. Mm-hmm. It's been six years. Okay. Talk to us, <laughs> would you? Um, I don't know why I did this at the time, because as you've heard Bobby say, we've always been tithers and givers. So when this happened, I don't know, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. And so here's the outcome of it. Uh, six years ago... Pastor Marvin gave the church a, what I call it, a challenge? It was a challenge. challenge To make a commitment for 90 days, if you would commit to give your tithe uh, for 90 days and you didn't see God uh, move or God uh, change things, that we as a church would give that whole 90-day tithe right back to you. We'd write you a check and give it right back to you. And so I was sitting up here on the front row, and uh, like I said, I don't know why I did it, but he said, it, but you'll have to fill out a communication card and let us know that you make that commitment to do this. Because if you just come to us and say, yeah, I gave for 90 days, God didn't move, I want my money back. Well, we didn't know that you made that commitment, so, and you didn't give your tithe for 90 days. So um, I sat up here on the front row, and I just started talking to God, and I thought, I can't fill out a communication card to say I commit to give my tithe for 90 days, number one, because I already do. Number two, because I'm a leader in the church, what would they think if I fill out a card saying, yeah, give me my money back if God doesn't move? So I did. I just made a commitment with God that morning. I didn't even tell my husband. Didn't even tell Bobby. Just me and God. Sat up here on the front row. I didn't fill out a communication card. The church didn't know. Me and God only. I said, God, I'm going to do this. This is between me and you. I'm doing this. And so... From that morning on, just life went on. Everything was just life. And I forgot about it. As the the time went along, I just forgot about it. Because it's like money was flying out of my bank account. Things were just harem scarum. Things were just, I'm like, God, why in the world is this going on? What's happening? What's going on? It's like we constantly had to repair stuff, fix stuff. Money was just flying out. And I'm like... 
I don't know what's going on. And then one day on my way home from work, I'm just, and I, like I said, I completely forgot about this. Didn't even think about it. I was just crying and I, it's like I was screaming out to God, God, where's all my money going? Where is this money? Where's all my money going? And so also during this time of fixing stuff and all this, Bobby and I, we were having our house appraised, so we were having to fix stuff at the house, clean up the yard, get everything done, and all this coming along. Well, I got a call at work one day that the executive management up at our, I work at Southside Bank, and the executive management wanted to visit with me. And I turn into a ball of nerves, because I'm just like, oh, what do they want? What have I done? I start looking for things. What have I done wrong? What am I doing? Um... And then I'm just being truthful. I don't know how many times I went to the bathroom that day. Just knowing that they've called me, I'm like, oh, my stomach's so upset. What am I going to do? And so finally I prepare. I go up there, and they tell me, Vicki, we have this this management position, and we want you to take it. And I'm like, do what? What are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying to me? And so, so that came about. They gave me this management position that I'm over one of our local branches, and and so I still didn't put two and two together. I still didn't connect that this was in the within the ninety days. So they said, "Here's we're going to give you extra money for this." Um, so I go home. I, I'm like, "Bob, here's what's, what's going on. What I don't know. Can I do this? I don't know if I can handle this." So um, we were cleaning up the garage. I didn't even think about it anymore. Getting our minds were going, and then I lay down that night and. God spoke to me, today is 67 out of day 90. I told you I could do it. And it just blew me away because I forgot about, I totally forgot about it. And I didn't give, I gave credit to God when they said, here's the extra money. It was a 17.5% increase in my salary. So I gave glory to God at the time, but I still didn't connect the 90 days. And and I didn't have to come back and get all my money back either. Thank you. Now, with that being said, it's a trust exchange. See what happens. When we trust God, he entrusts us with more. It's a trust exchange that takes place. Understand, God's wanting to do far more in our lives and for our lives than we realize And so generosity is a blessing, guys. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to get money out of your pocket. Please, don't even, if that's what you think, please, don't give, okay? At least not to, not to church on the move, uh, if, if that's what you think. Because this is, this is, I'm just, I'm wanting to see you grow up in your relationship with the Lord. Okay, I do know that the tithe, the Bible says, goes to, goes to the church that you're being fed. The tithe, the first tenth comes to your ch- uh, church that, that, that's your church. I understand that. And if you can't, uh, if this isn't your church, then find your church, okay? All right, you got it? That helped? Thank you. That was wonderful. Let me give you one more thought in closing, and that's this. Faith in generosity is a spiritual exchange. Most people don't understand how spiritual obeying God and giving to the kingdom of God is, uh, is in their life. Don't realize it. I want you to see this. Mark chapter 10. Are you guys good? Yeah. Verse 26. Let's pick up there. 
And so they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And then Peter began to say to him, see, I have left all and followed you. Which is true, he did. And so look at Jesus' response. And he says, surely I say to you, there is no one that has left house or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands and, and with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Understand that there's something that happens supernaturally. Some of you have heard my story, and I'm not going to talk about it today, but uh, but I will allude to it that my first, I, I came into the kingdom of God, I had no problem giving my first tenth, a tithe. I was drinking, I was a bad alcoholic, I spent a lot of money on, on alcohol every day of my life, and, uh, and so when that, God delivered me five days after getting uh, saved, he delivered me, filled me with his spirit, delivered me, set me free from alcohol, nicotine, drugs. I mean, I was free, and I've been free since. I've not had any craving. God's good, amen? So he did all of that. And so it's like, Lord, I, I, I mean, I was used to that money going out, so he asked for uh, the first tenth, so I just started giving the first tenth of my increase, and, and that's what I did. But there was, God wanted more. There was a time where he wanted more. And what he wanted more of, he wanted more of my trust. I was still trusting in riches. And he said, one day, early on in my Christian walk, he says, give me $100. I just knew in my heart, give me $100 in this offering. Well, it was not the, it was the worst time that ever that could have been that he was asking me to give. I just didn't really have, I did not have extra $100. And see, that's where push comes to shove. Okay? And I'm not telling you what to give, nor will I ever. You give what the scripture tells you, and you give what the Lord directs you to do. Okay? You got that? So, he said, give me $100. And long story short, I almost reasoned myself out of it by the time that offering uh, bucket came by. And I almost talked myself out of giving it. And thank God, I didn't. And that day when I gave that $100, something broke in my life. And from that point on to this, I have put my trust fully in God. Even this, even this week, uh, this Tuesday, when I, some of you already know, I get up early every day and I pray and I pray. I mean, I, I just have a routine that I don't allow to get interrupted. I believe a misappointment with God leads to disappointment in our life. So I have an appointment with God every day. And, and this, this Tuesday I was praying. I was saying, God, it's all yours. I was just reminding him. And I was just, Lord, whatever you say, however you want it, whatever you want is what I want. And I just felt such a presence of God on that prayer. And I think I'm telling you this today, is that you need to pray some prayers that's similar to that. That God, I'm starting with me. I'm going to give my life to you and I'm going to be generous to you. There's something spiritual that happens 
when we're generous with our life. I want you to see that in another passage or two or three scriptures really quick as I bring this to a close. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, look at this. It says, let him who, verse 6, let him who is taught in the word share all good things. That word share means to give. Share all good, good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Now get this. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. I've, I've discovered this over the years in pastoring and leading people and, and those that are generous, that it just seems like I see more of God's hand working in their life, not because God is limiting in, 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 uh, in, in those that aren't, but I believe those that are being generous are saying, God, the door is open. And there's just something that happens. The Bible says when you sow to the spirit, of the spirit you reap. There's an exchange that takes place, a spiritual exchange that happens. I tend to see more revelation coming to those that are generous than those that are not. I just kind of think possibly the reason is is because when we're not being generous, we're thinking more of us than we are of God. I think we're just more aware of God when we're being generous and when we're not, we're being more aware of us and we're just missing what God's saying. That's my speculation. Okay? But I just just want you to see that there's a spiritual exchange in Scripture that takes place through us being generous. That's why I believe that Jesus, when he loved him, he knew what was going to transpire. He knew that he was about to take him in in places he's never been before. And it's not just reaping the natural, physical stuff. This, this, This earth is nothing, this time here on this earth is nothing but a bleep in the eternity. I mean, it's, it's, it's a dot. It's here and it's gone. It's gone. It, 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 I mean, we're all, all of our lives, you see all this we're enjoying right now? It's soon to end. And then we're going to enter into eternity. And we're going to be there forever. And so we, we just, God knows what's best for us while we're here. Amen. I hope I'm getting through. Let me, John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, It is, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So when we engage in what God says through his word, it brings life. It truly does. Now, I said I had one more scripture. I forgot to put it on the screen, but let me read it to you in Luke chapter 6, verse 38 out of the Passion Translation. I love it. I posted it on, on Facebook today, but it says this, Give generously. And generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. I like that. Get this. It says, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this because I, I, I think... 
I think the, I think many people can take this. Let's give so that we can get. You just became selfish. You're 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 doing it for the wrong reason. You give because you love God, and because you love people, and that you can make a kingdom impact. You give for that reason. And God will make sure that you're taken care of. That's what I believe God's message is to us. If you'll do that, he'll take care of you. He's not going to ask you to do something that's going to hurt you. He's going to ask you to do it so that he can, he can take care of you the way that he wants to. And by the way, you will, you will be much happier for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. Thank you.